This podcast contains colourful language and adult chats. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Generation Wido podcast, where we ask why we are who we are, why we make our life choices, what's going on in the world, and why aren't we ready for any of it. We are just three best friends asking why Generation Y do what they do. Well... You guys won't know this, but that took about 17 minutes to do. That took a long time, John. Does not know our intro, and we're on episode 7, episode John. Episode 7, John. Shame on you. I'm actually shaking. I'm so traumatised from it all. It's mm-hmm. actually quite gassy. either, like, completely forgets words or just adds words to it. <laughs> so, guys, welcome to the podcast. We're here again another week. Yes! Nice. So excited. So I think we have to do the typical boring stuff. No, it's not boring. I always get the favourite part of the podcast is the intro where we like catch up and be ourselves. Is it? Yeah, really? I'm to burp. I'm trying to <laughs> No. Sorry, I'm good. It's okay. You're good. So the rest of it is just shite, basically. Pretty much. Do you know what, though? I totally agree. Do you know what? It's fine. I see the statistics. I know when you'll drop off. Oh, <laughs> I see y'all. I, I see y'all. So John, how was your week? Um, my week has been distinctly fine. Mm-hmm. I go to work, I come back, I eat my food. But I will say it's nice eating like vegetables and nice food because you know it's cold and it's dark and you know you just want a bit like hot food and you want like I don't know how to describe it. I'm just eating loads of food yeah. and I'm getting that winter body and that's all I have to say. What you're telling us is that you're going into hibernation. What I'm trying to yes. say is is that I'm trying to like make my life sound a lot more interesting than it actually is at the moment, but it's kind of revolving around carrot and parsnip mash, which I'm obsessed with lately. That fucking sounds divine, like vegan wet dream, I'm sorry. Oh my god, it's absolutely incredible. But it's a chili powder rich. mixed in with it, oh mm. my god. But also, I've been out like kissing other boys and like going to brunch and yeah, <laughs> doing all that cool stuff. <laughs> I love you, mash. Mash over men, Annie. Yeah. <laughs> mash over men. Nikki, what about you? How was your week? Uh, my week was grand. I was home last weekend in good old Dublin town. Oh, yes. Uh, it's fucking cold in Ireland. It's so cold. <laughs> Throwback to last week's podcast when I said I'm OTS. And I went on the biggest sesh of my life last mm-hmm. weekend. And I've just been trying to nourish my soul ever since. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I kind of hate myself a little bit. But it's Friday. I'm coming around. I have a glass of wine in my hand. I'm good now. Look, this is how things go. We know this. You session <laughs> on the weekend. You're absolutely dead Monday through Thursday. You're like, never again. The second that last <laughs> hour hits on Friday, you're like... Wouldn't mind a glass of wine. Wouldn't mind. And speaking of which, we all have a glass of wine right now. Oh yes. Generation wine, though. Well, may I just recommend... And let's suck it to May I just recommend that carrots and parsnip mash is full of nutrients <laughs> and that if you're not feeling up to your best, you should be eating it. Thank, Thank you. you. Carrots and ginger. No, sorry. What no, he's say? ginger. <laughs> I'm ginger. <laughs> I was about to say something that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, but it was really nice. I caught up with friends that I haven't seen in a long time, which was fab. How was your week? Kind of My week was fine. Again, I think I kind of concur with John. It's getting to that time of the year where it's like, come home, chill. But big thing happened in my week this week it was the RuPaul's Drag Race UK finale yes I think by the time this episode goes out it will have been like almost a week later but very good all very happy I think it's okay to say spoilers now oh wait hold on have you seen it no, but I saw who the winner is online. So. Okay, that's fine. Congratulations, yes. Vivian. Yes. Woo! Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. A bit after I said it. But yeah, congratulations to the Vivian. It was a great season all around. As a connoisseur of Drag Race, it was nice 
to have this season. I think it was a breath of fresh air. We can't wait for season two. The girls are probably getting cast as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are interested in Drag Race, do let us know who you want to be on season two. Wanna, yeah. We want to know what you guys are into, yeah. apart from just talking shit about Irish people. Uh, we want to be down with the drag kids. I mean, down with the kids. As a basic white homosexual whose taste is very fucking basic and not refined in any kind of way, Drag East UK was amazing. It was deadly. It was absolutely deadly this year. But speaking of reality TV, mm-hmm. as you can tell, this week's episode is reality television. Yes! We thought with the end of Drag Race UK and the beginning of I'm a Celebrity season, it would be the perfect time to get together, talk about all things reality TV, the highs, the lows, the peaks, the pits, what we think of it, how it's evolved, etc, etc, etc. Before we start, does anybody else feel like, oh, the start of I'm a Celeb is basically like, fuck, Christmas is just around the corner. Oh, bitch. Because... It's been going on for 17 years. It all starts roughly at the same date. And I'm so used to like, sure, fucking hell, three weeks of I'm a Celebrity and then it's Christmas. I'm a Celebrity is a sign that you need to start getting your Christmas prezzies in. Don't talk to me. I have nothing about <laughs> No, seriously. I'm not <laughs> penny to my name. Or start writing your list, at least. Start writing your list for Santi when I'm a Celebrity starts. Mm. And don't be naughty, be nice. Ooh, but be a little bit naughty. Be a little bit naughty. Um, I think it'd be good to kind of get an idea of how y'all feel about reality TV because we might have different opinions. I'm a reality TV whore. Really? Out and out reality TV whore. I fucking live for reality. Do you have a Hey You subscription? I have a Hey You subscription. No! Yeah, 100%. I have a Hey You subscription and I live for it. Every fucking trashy American reality TV show that I've ever watched is on Hey You. Like, I live. It is the ultimate reality streaming service. It's so good. I'm not a massive, massive connoisseur of reality television, but the reality television I do watch, I get into it and I get into it hard and mm. it is my life as long as it is on. And yeah. every week I'm thinking, oh my God, next episode, next episode, next episode. Yeah, I totally get you on that one. I'm the same. I feel like I have a select few reality TV shows that I enjoy mm. and because I like those, I get really into those. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's the typical that I'm a celebrity Strictly Come Dancing, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's my josh. And The Real Housewives of New Jersey. But only New Jersey. Don't ask me why. I love watching clips of the other ones, but I will only watch New Jersey religiously. I'm obsessed with The Real Housewives, all of the franchises. I love, I live for Beverly Hills, New York. They're my two tops. Two tops. <laughs> There's only one top in this room, honey. Don't worry about it. <laughs> What's a top? That's what you're wearing. Somebody top me off, please. <laughs> Somebody top me off. <laughs> the reason why we're talking about this, obviously, is because Connor said there is, it is reality TV season right now. Everybody's sitting in there watching their favourite reality TV shows. But also, reality TV is a huge Generation Y thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We've seen the birth of reality TV celebrities, which we're going to talk about a little bit throughout the episode. Yes. And the most popular shows watched over the last 10 and 20 years have been reality TV shows. Mm -hmm. Just a few little stats. Last year... Wait, wait, wait. Nikki has stats? Just call me... "Mm, What's the sexy name for stats? Statistician. (laughs) It's statistician, you... Miss Statistician. Yes. I have a degree in English. Miss Stats coming to the floor. Everyone get the motherfucking way. <laughs> uh, last year, I'm a Celebrity and Strictly Come Dancing were the two top shows watched in the UK. On average, I know this is some stats on TV itself because um, I know a lot of us will either watch TV at home or some people now, particularly Gen Y, only stream media from like their laptop or whatever. I know lots of people who don't have TVs, but it doesn't stop people from watching reality TV. Mm. On average, people watch over 19 hours of television a week. That's either on their box or on their laptop. Wow. Uh, And millennials have the highest number of subscriptions. They pay on average £20 a month for a TV subscription. That's a lot, I feel. Well, it depends on what you're including in that, you know what I mean? Because Netflix comes to nearly a tenner anyway. Yeah, yeah that's stage. true, actually. And you have Prime, 
Now TV. Within um, those 19 hours of TV Watch Weekly, the highest watch categories are entertainment and documentaries. So everybody loves reality TV. Yes. Oh yeah, you can see that. Like when you talk about like watching TV, I remember like, say for example, something like Love Island is on obviously every single day mm. or every single evening for like six weeks straight. It's a huge commitment on the in the evenings. Mm. So when I get the tube to work or the bus to work, sometimes the only people sitting there on their phones watching it. That was me. Like they're not watching it at home, obviously, or on their television. But like you know, it's it's now in our hands, at our fingertips, to watch reality TV whenever we want to. Yeah, phones are amazing. Phones, phones are amazing. amazing. I I completely agree. Not that I worked for OT or anything. But yeah. <laughs> so speaking of um, viewership and figures um, Nikki I feel like I'm going to be Miss Statsy as well this oh week because I had a few stats so and a few figures so this comes from a website that was highly highly regarded <laughs> I just want to let people know John's brushing his hair and like posing every time he talks to me like he's trying to one up me as Miss <laughs> Statsy and I'm fucking not here he's for it. doing it really really well but this is typical John whenever he has something to say he goes into full like oh girl you ready for this hunty step aside so nearly 4 in 10 people in the UK basically 39% of people watch some form of reality TV where it's watching celebrities eat bugs in the jungle watching socialites wine and dine in Chelsea or just watching 20-somethings party in Magaluf and get sick all over themselves me unsurprisingly the genre is more popular among the 25 to 34s mm-hmm. 50% of us basically the Gen Wires millennials 50% of us watch reality television uh, wow. compared to the over 55s in which only 27% of them watch reality television oh. so that's already a clear indication in our viewing habits compared to the generation before us yeah well sure. see the thing there is I find it very interesting that you said the millennial generation are the ones that watch reality TV the most and I think that might have something to do with the fact that we all grew up watching reality TV yes, yes. reality TV has been around for in some way shape or form for many 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 years but yes. I think it really took off late 90s early 2000s yeah it's been the last two decades. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of those, and especially if you guys listening are of our generation, which you probably are, some of those shows that really kicked off the reality TV experience were the likes of Big Brother and Pop Idol mm-hmm. and Survivor. Like, they were the huge yeah. shows that started in the US and the UK, and they really brought home this concept of reality TV where people would go about their lives on camera for you to watch, and we were all... Fascinated, millions and millions of people tuned in. Fascinated. Every single week just to watch Tom, Dick and Harry from down the road walk around the house for a couple of weeks. Um, I will say that the first ever reality TV show, do we know when it came out? The 80s. I'm going to say 19... Reality TV, how I perceive it nowadays, 1991. So it was 1973. (gasps) The first considered reality TV show was called An American Family and it was on PBS, which is a... The public broadcaster service. Exactly, in the US. And it followed the life of a family called The Louds, I think they were called. And it was basically just like following them in like white middle America, documenting their life. And that was considered the first reality TV show okay I can um, see that so that was a huge breakup but also when you talk when you think about uh, reality TV shows growing up we were the MTV generation where MTV changed from being a music channel to a reality yes. TV show channel what year was that? I don't know what year they aired their first yeah. show 
But they had shows like, do you remember Room Raiders? Oh, oh my, my gosh. god! Yeah. I'm going through a serious flashback. I'm having PTSD. Like I was obsessed with MTV reality TV show. They had Room Raiders. They had I Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. My favorite oh. fucking show. Oh my god! And she was um, bisexual. 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 I mean, we think about that. that was so groundbreaking it to have so in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. hugely groundbreaking. Sorry. Little story about Room Raiders. My first time ever seeing actual homosexual men on television was an episode of Room Raiders when I was 11 years of age. I watched it. These three guys, like, in their fucking turn collars and their khakis <laughs> and their flip-flops. You know, like, proper, like, early naughty American men. Tips fucking on. gel with the tips, um, bleached. And I just remember watching it and they were absolutely ridiculous because obviously at the time gay men on television had to be very, very like non-threatening, yeah. non-sexual, very over the top, camp, exactly, you know. But some of the other great ones that kind of changed my life were Cribs, of Cribs. course. Oh, Cribs. Amazing. Changed the world because that was the first time, this was before social media, remember? Yes. So this is the first time we got to look inside celebrities' homes that wasn't an OK magazine. Tea. Yeah. So this was fucking groundbreaking too. Oh, wig. Um, and then we had Punked. Punk. Fucking loved punked. I was never a fan of punked. For me, though, my favourite ever was Teen Mom. I love Teen I still watch Teen Mom to this day. I watched Can three episodes last night. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Nikki, what's it called? Teen Mom. Teen Mom. <laughs> I know it's called Teen Mom, mm. but I'm putting on there like Michigan accents when they say Teen Mom. <laughs> teen Mom. It's my fave. 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom was amazing. I still watch it. It's on Now TV. I watch it every night. 16 and Pregnant, I love. Do you know another one? My Super Sweet 16. Mm. Oh. It's my chance to my shine, God. Sweet 16. I have a story about My Sweet 16. I think I know. The only Irish family <laughs> was in Sweet 16. The first ever episode of My Sweet 16, like the UK MTV version, they did it for a guy who was from my hometown. He had his Super Sweet 16 and they had it in Ridley's, which is the local nightclub, Big Up Ridley's. And guess who the special guest performer was? I know this. Cascade. Cascade. I remember watching this in my house. I remember watching the episode. Amazing. Everyone in Dundalk turned into that episode. It was absolutely insane. It was so over the top, so ridiculous. (laughs) I wasn't invited to the party because I was so boring. No one knew who I was. But my favourite thing that happened there, I can't give names, but this is brilliant. One of the guys that I went to secondary school with, he was caught on camera shifting another girl. Shifting. An Irish slang word for kissing usually involves tongue and a little bit of spit. When he had a girlfriend. Oh my God. And it all, everybody was watching it and I was like, why is he kissing her? They're not together. And then everybody came into school on the Monday and there was ructions. Ructions. Supposedly this means fight. I've never heard of it. That is fucking salacious. Ah, the fucking power of reality television. Affecting our everyday lives. 100%. But that guy has gone on to live a lovely life and he just got married to his partner the other week. Oh, so happy. Cute, cute. Gross. I can imagine little uninvited Connor sitting aside his like 10 acres just listening to evacuate the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I did find out the next day that there were two two of my friends who was like, oh, you could have come with me. I had a spare ticket. And I was like, cool, thanks for the text, bro. So my biggest memories of reality TV being younger were the singing competitions. Of course. Pop Idol, Pop Stars, Pop Stars, The Rivals, The X Factor. Like, I was absolutely obsessed with that. Like, one of my earliest reality TV moments was Pop Idol, Will Young, Gareth Gates. Uh, you know, the first reality TV competition to break the 20 million vote barrier, all this kind of stuff, all of the nation. I had a huge fight with my mom. She sent me to bed, so I couldn't watch the final. And I remember, like, my mom watching the um, results. But I remember, like, lying in bed, like, and slowly opening the door and just, like, sticking my head out because, like, I have to hear who wins. And then, you know, Will Young. And I was like, What? Did you open that door? 
But I was so shocked that Will oh had actually gosh. won. And I, I think got, everyone was. I know, I was so shocked. Won. And then obviously the X Factor was basically my Saturday night for like five years. Oh my God, X yeah. Factor. Every basic Dublin Horns night when yeah. I was growing up was you order when you're Chinese and you watch the X Factor every Saturday or if you're going out with your girls you have pre-drinks yeah. watching the X Factor yes. you get lit and oh, yeah. you go out. Pre-drinks yeah. was the X Factor. But what I love about all these shows is that they birthed this like new kind of celebrity. When we were growing up we had like, you know, pop stars and we had movie stars and actors and all this crazy stuff. But with the likes of Big Brother and Survivor and all that kind of stuff, you brought this new type of celebrity, like this average person who was yeah. just randomly thrust into the spotlight mm. is now on a par with these famous actors and singers. And it was crazy. Like, do you remember Jade Goody? Yeah, How could you forget? Do you remember Nikki Graham? Mm-hmm. Yes. Who is she? Who is she? It was like, iconic. These iconic people. But the thing is, not everyone's built for that kind of stardom. Do you know what no, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. These famous pop stars and singers have been around for such a long time, they've got yeah. a chance to like, you know, acclimatise to this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you have the likes of Nikki Graham, who said many times in interviews that she was in a very bad place after Big Brother. She suffered really bad like with bulimia and her mental health and stuff. So not everyone's built for that. But then you have the likes of Jay Goody, who really works the system. Like There was a documentary on her I on the Channel 4. Oh, and she knew how to work that system thoughts to make it work in her favour. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. But it's mad that suddenly there was a new way to be a celebrity. Mm. I mean, it goes by the famous saying, like, people were now famous for being famous. Yeah. They didn't have a talent or a skill or could write music or perform music. They were literally just so in the spotlight that they were famous for that. Yeah, and then you see, so normal people going into reality TV shows who then become a celebrity, who then go on celebrity reality TV shows. Yes. Megan McKenna, for example, was a fucking nobody and has been, I don't know where she started, it was either on Terry or it was on X and the Beach or like one of those, mm. and now she's been in celebrity reality TV shows ever since, she's yeah. a celebrity X Factor now. How does that, what What does it mean to be a celebrity now if you think about it, majority of celebrities now, the biggest celebrity on the planet we can argue is Kim Kardashian, Yeah, she's a reality TV queen, that's mm. where she came from. So being on these different reality shows had such an impact on their lives to make them a celebrity, but they also had an impact on our lives as Generation mm-hmm. Y growing up, mm-hmm. like I think... It's really stupid, but a lot of things that Gen Y have in common is the fact that we have these reality TV archetypes. We grew up watching these people and knowing about these people, and it's something that we can all connect on on a different level. Like, I could meet somebody from a different side of the country, meet somebody in Scotland and say, make a funny joke about Nikki Graham. Like I said, who is she? Who is she? And they'd instantly know, and it's a connection that you can make because of these things. Yes. No, I like that, yeah. It's almost like the... um you know, like when, when um, straight lads meet up and they, you know, and it's a bit awkward, it's kind of like, oh, can you just talk about football for two hours? Yeah. Well, for some people, things like talk about reality TV and memories, like, that's something you can talk about to remove the awkwardness. Yeah. Shout out to Drag Race saving um, awkward gay first dates because one for Drag Race, God knows what we talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, and how many people here put your hands up? There's only three of us, but like... I was about to say, many... put your hands up is a great reference for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> how many people go into work and talk about the reality TV shows he's watched the night previously? Why do you have your... Um... Oh, sorry. You just said put your hand up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Were we supposed bail? to talk to? Um, everybody goes in, they talk about Love Island when it's on. I'm a celebrity when it's on. Expected. I mean, like, for certain shows like Love Island, I remember, like, in my first year in school, if I didn't watch Love Island, there was nothing to talk about. Like, I started watching it because I felt left out at lunchtimes. Because that's all we spoke about. Um, and you said before the impact it has on Generation Y, I read a really interesting article and it spoke about some of the sort of negative characteristics that are seen in our generation today, mm-hmm. how it can be directly pulled from what we see in reality TV. So oh, yeah. Generation Y now exhibit the traits of narcissism, voyeurism, which is huge. This is why we love reality TV. Yes. Mm-hmm. Materialistic, lack of moral values, because we love the villain. 
we love that we love seeing people beat each other down this is a sick thing that we love to do oh I'm that person I'm obsessed with the villains and we're obsessed with competition everything in our life is a competition and they've done studies and they've shown that these are direct effects from what we watch on reality TV and that's a perfect example that you said competition because we talked about this in previous episodes of the podcast like our careers we're obsessed with competing with each other with that it all stems from this aspect that we had growing up I read an interesting article about why we watch reality television. So this comes from what we call the social comparison theory. Mm. The theory suggests that we enjoy watching reality TV stars in confrontations, making fools of themselves, and generally doing anything for entertainment because it makes us feel better about ourselves and our own lives. Mm, Yeah. I get that. Which is a horrible way of looking at it, but I have no doubt some people are probably thinking they've had a shit day. They come home, they see somebody else acting as certain way in television, and all I can think of is, well, at least it's not just me. Mm-hmm. Um, I read another thing saying that psychologists think because we're so distanced in like physical contact now, everybody's at their phones, everyone communicates through social media, that when we watch so-called real people on TV, it like brings us more of a human connection. That's why we're like kind of obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because they did studies on how real people think reality tv is and 50 percent of gen y is compared to like 20 percent of other older generations really believe that the reality they watch even if they're told it's scripted reality is real oh yeah oh have any of you heard of something called frankenbiting no try to say that three times fast frankenbiting, frank, frank, i can't <laughs> um so frankenbiting is a term used for when conversation excerpts are edited to create a whole new dialogue and we see this a lot with people who come out of reality TV and they're like, oh no, it was edited really badly. That's not what I said. And we believe that. We take that in. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And you see that a lot when someone gets a particularly bad edit or they look bad in a reality TV show. They like to come out and say, well, that's not what I meant or this and the other. And at the end of the day, I think you need to realise, like, you did say those words. I think in the early 2000s, it was very obvious that words were spliced together and conversations were made. But I think now... I think we're becoming more aware of reality TV. Do you know what I mean? Like reality TV got away with a lot back in the day, but now we're very much aware and can understand, well, you guys have edited that weirdly. So they need to be aware that we're growing alongside them. Yeah. So I think the next thing that we should really jump onto is how reality TV has kind of changed over the years. We talked a lot about the early 2000s, which was like the birth of it and everything. But I think reality TV, like I said a second ago, has gotten a bit smarter and it's more aware. It's trying to flip the script a little bit with what reality TV is. Do you think reality TV is smarter or do you think we as viewers are smarter and we're a little bit like, actually, no, you can't say that or get away with that. This is the thing. We as people and a culture are more aware of these things, but reality TV needs to be one step ahead of that. And they're trying to create content that is yeah so scripted yeah. or so reality TV, yeah. as it were, that we aren't aware. But I believe it's the viewer that made them make that change. Completely. I think on the flip side of that too, uh, what we've maybe seen is that people want to see... It's funny. We lost for reality TV and then we get it and we're not getting real people. Mm. So people now, I think, really crave a real person on TV. So you see shows like Box, which is like so real. It's like average people yes. sitting on their couch watching TV and it's so successful. And then the new um, reality TV show, The Circle, I don't know if any of you have watched this. I've seen this in pieces. Yes, I have, yeah. So I haven't watched it really. Our silent partner is like a massive fan of The Circle. He absolutely loves it. Shout Thank out. you, silent partner. But basically, it's really interesting because they put these people in a house 
and they are all in the same house and different divided into different rooms but yeah. they can mm-hmm. communicate with each, with each other physically they only communicate over social media yeah. but they can be whoever the fuck they want to be yes yeah. and they have to convince other people that they are that person that's yeah. wild so it's interesting because it, it, it makes you see oh none of this is actually real yes yeah, yeah. so it's different it's a real different grasp on like what reality TV is now I agree, but I think when you said there about Gogglebox, we like to see the average person. I think that's changed a lot. I think when we first started reality TV, Big Brother and pop idol it was all about like oh my god or even Britain's Got Talent like oh my god this person who's just come from obscurity they want to be yeah. famous it's crazy like you had Paul Potts and you yeah. had Jade Goody and you had um, all those other people but now I think a lot of the reality TV is based around celebrities or pretty people look at the Kardashians they were all famous beforehand you have people like on Love Island where they're all social media influencers yeah. like people who are famous for another reason we don't want to see Tom, Dick and Harry from down the road anymore we want to see these beautiful people who are already shaped in what we want to watch on TV I do think, like, in the early days, it was a concept of, like, you know, oh, the the, um, the housing estate princess, mm. you know, coming from, like, really low economic um, background to, like, you know, look, see, I'm just like you. Um, I can be famous. You can do it, too. But as you say, now we have things like Love Island, where, unless you look a certain way, yeah. and also, I have no doubt, any people who are on Love Island, they don't audition. They are plucked themselves. They are chosen. There's a certain archetype that people want nowadays on their television, and it's not the real the housing estate princess it is very much the the look that people will aspire to be should look at love island half the cast every season knows most of the cast from last season because they move in the same circles they want those socialites they want exactly yeah pretty people i think this is a curve i don't necessarily agree with you i think back in the day we wanted the real people because reality tv wanted to suck us in they wanted us to be addicted they wanted us to feel like they are part of our family yeah. we're never going to stop watching Big Brother every night yeah. this is what they want us to do they also wanted as you said to extend it like I'm just like you you can do this this can happen to you yeah. then we saw an incline in the scripted reality so you have like The Hills which was fucking huge in the night my favourite which is complete scripted reality you have Towie The Only Way Essex which is huge now you've got Made in Chelsea which is huge now but on the flip side I read in the papers now and every, I read the fucking papers Daily Mail Online okay <laughs> I, but you see now like people get so mad with the X Factor like it's a fix none of this is real we don't believe what you're trying to sell us anymore I yeah. think it's come down on the curve now people are like none of this is real ITV are rigging everything people are pissed off that a lot of skinny good looking people are in Love Island too I don't I think it's starting to crack again and I agree there's definitely a discourse about that every single year there was like oh the X Factor's rigged for such and such a contestant or Love Island like they're giving us the stories that they want to give us yeah and that's in the news and that's great but I still like look at the figures people are still looking like look at the likes of Big Brother it's not on anymore yeah. it's finished on Channel 5 Love yeah. Island's only getting bigger and bigger every year in terms of ratings mm. the one difference we do see now on reality TV is there is a lot of stuff that you just wouldn't be allowed on TV now <gasps> you know really blown up back in the noise yeah, yeah, um, yeah I think it would be nice to do a little why those segment if we talk about our most controversial reality TV moments where you think why the fuck did that happen how has this happened what is going on why though why though why though Connor Love do you want to start us so hon I am ready for this now my one is probably an obvious one hopefully none of you wanted to talk about it because I decided to go first (laughs) Jade Goody yeah Shilpa Shetty yeah mm. it was the biggest scandal back in the day now, absolutely it was, it was huge now I've watched the Jade Goody documentary like I talked about earlier and it kind of so I know a little bit more about what happened because I remember it when I was younger and I remember it being an absolute scandal like this is crazy oh my god but what I think was crazy is, is the fact it wasn't really Jade that was doing it in my opinion there was this these group of girls behind her that Completely were making these comments 
Agree. Joe from S Club Seven. Oh. oh. Danielle Lloyd, that stupid page three model. I think she was the worst. She was the worst. I think they she were was making the worst. silly little comments about Shilpa Shea, who was honestly, if you watch the clips back, Shilpa was living her best life. She was like, I've, I'm a huge superstar in India, huge superstar in she India. She had like, national, yeah, national treasure. She came over to the UK to be on the show. She was doing her makeup, doing this, living this. They were making snipey little comments, talking about. I don't even want to say them because we're not that kind of podcast. No, no, you know, no, no. you know yourself the comments that were being made about Indian yeah. people. You can see loads of videos and stuff on YouTube, anyways, on it if you want. If you don't know what we're talking about, which but, you fucking should, though. Which you should. And but the thing is, they're tiny little comments and comments that a lot of people thought they could get away with back in the day because oh, I didn't mean it or oh, it was a joke. And Jade, being the person that she was, she did get frustrated and she ended up calling her like Shilpa Papadom or something in yeah. her head didn't mean anything just making a silly comment but as we know now you can't get away with stuff like that and I think this was the first real moment that British people could see someone do it on TV and realise fuck this is a bit bad do you know how bad it got that TV show was aired in India people were burning effigies of Jade Goody in the streets in India for the comments that she made against Shilpa did you see the challenge chancellor in India met um, Gordon Brown as a challenge chancellor and all he spoke about was what are you going to do about Jay Goody yeah. and obviously Gordon Brown was like who the fuck is Jay, Jay Goody exactly. and he had to like make like he had to do an apology like on air saying I'm really sorry for these comments and he's obviously thinking, like who the fuck mm-hmm. is this person it was literally an international incident it yeah. was unprecedented <laughs> it was wild and like like we said we couldn't get away with stuff like that now and I think one of the reasons we can't is because of this incident it opened people's eyes to like do you know what shit we can't be doing this mm-hmm. people would say it on the slide in the pub to their friends and when you see it on that scale you're like you know what it's not right mm-hmm. but my favourite thing about Jade is, is that she realised that she did bad and she was like look I just didn't know any better and I want to learn She, was, I just I don't necessarily agree with that that's fine but what she did do is she maybe she was trying to do it for a public image who yeah. the fuck knows but she's not here to tell us nowadays but she went to India to be on their version of Big Brother to try and set the record straight so that leads nicely into my most controversial moment oh lovely I have two but I'm actually just going to touch on this one first briefly because you were talking about it so Jade Goody went on the Indian Big Brother and she found out about her diagnosis in the Big Brother house oh, they yes, broke yes. the news to her and they aired it live on Big Brother they recorded everything that happened to like her. that's fucking disgusting that mm-hmm. is should not and like no matter what she did that's horrendous you cannot take her out there straight away do not air her like a fucking zoo animal and like watch her reaction watch her cry after being given the diagnosis of cancer like it's disgusting she was told she had a terminal illness live on television no, and people and, and they aired that disgusting. horrible Horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, just on the flip side, what I will say, there was, um, just quickly, if anybody doesn't know the Roxanne Palette and Ryan Thomas punch game, I I literally was like refreshing my fucking Daily Mail feed every two seconds and this has gone on. Like I couldn't, I was living for it. But she fucked up and accused him of hitting her when he did not. And thankfully now that, that this happened in this day and age, because that bitch got done. Done. Emma Willis, the most iconic interview in reality TV history is Emma Willis interviewing Roxanne Pallet when she comes out of the Big Brother house, slating her ass, watch it, look it up, I will say no more. Iconic. Iconic. Uh, do you have one? Um, I have like a really like random obscure one that I remember like watching this years ago and still astounded. So it's America's Next Top Model. It is season four or as they like to call it, cycle four. Cycle, they always call it. <laughs> I always like, hmm, menstrual cycle four. <laughs> and basically they wanted the models to pose and do a photo shoot as different ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Like they were literally getting this... This white girl is like, oh, you are going to be dressed as an African, traditional African woman. And they painted her face black and they oh gave her, gosh. like, you know, Afro hair and they gave her her black child. And then, like, they made um, a uh, Latina woman white with blonde hair, like a blonde Norwegian woman. And then 
It was just absolutely... I remember, like, watching it at the time, and I was like, oh, okay. And now you watch it nowadays. You're like, how tone-deaf could you be? But the, the craziest moment is, like... Um, Tyra on the stage saying things like oh you reminded me of my mom I'm holding what? me in my arms yes you are my sister Tyra and, what? obviously Tyra's a black woman all that kind of stuff so I'm not going to comment on what she was thinking but like to me as a viewer watching it absolutely jaw droppingly astounded you need to watch it your jaw will drop I just wonder, like, this has to go through so many processes. Like, the producer has to confirm it. The fucking director has to confirm it. The fucking, I don't know, production assistant has to confirm it. Tyra has to be like, yeah, I'm down with this. At no point did anybody think, okay, Blackface is wrong. We're not going to do it on America's Next Top Model. Like, probably one of the biggest reality TV shows in the States. Amen, girl. Like, what, like, what would the fuck were they thinking? So, I guess we can talk about today's reality TV without talking about Love Island. Yeah. Especially uh, for our generation yeah. and our age group. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Did you just watch it from the beginning? No. Season 2 onwards. Season 2, Alex and Olivia. Was that yeah. Alex and Olivia in season 2? Yes, Alex and Olivia and Nathan and... Cara. Cara, yes. Nice. Nice. And when nice. Um, Mystery B got her title stripped because she gave a blowjob. Which was disgusting. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Did he lose his job? I think No. Did anything affect him when he came out? Did he get anything? No. A fucking handshake and a high five saying, well done, mate. Where she was dragged through the mud. Love Island was amazing and it worked so well. But you, do you know there was an original Love Island with celebrities like back in the day? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that yes. Was, Celebrity Love Island. I loved, loved, loved that. Uh, Love Island had everything you wanted in a reality TV show. There was sun. There was sex. There was singles. Do you like that alliteration? And it was great and it worked really well. And it was one of these things like we'd kind of lost Big Brother and this is another reality TV show that we could watch every night. Mm. I will will say one thing. I think Love Island has very much lived off the concept of Instagram. Yes. Instagram has peaked in terms of popularity in the world. Love Island is very much those people who are famous for being on Instagram and putting them into reality TV Mm -hmm. setting. They both complement each other perfectly. Yeah, how we view social media nowadays, how we view reality TV nowadays. It revolutionised the casting process for reality TV. Very much so. So we had this cartoonish character who was Mara, who came in, she loved the Mickey. (sighs) Mara Higgins (laughs) is a fucking icon. She's never going to listen to this podcast, but if she ever does, she is everything that I want to be as a human being. She came into a reality TV landscape where people don't want you to be bitchy. People want everyone to get along, but then they want people to fight, but then they don't want people to fight, and they don't want this, and they don't want that, and everyone's like PC and blah, 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 blah. But Mara Higgins came in, she was on it from day fucking one she was like I'm in here to get a man mm-hmm. I want to go out and talk shite mm-hmm. I want to be flirty and be a woman and love my life and she did it to perfection I don't think she wanted the man I'm getting the fucking career yeah. I don't want love I want to leave here with two million Instagram followers I want to leave here with a segment on a TV show I want to leave here and get my own eyelash range and that's about it she didn't want love she wanted the shift and she wanted a boohoo contract for all the girls in their Christmas sparkly dresses <laughs> But she went in there to make waves. Like she went in there with the purpose, like I'm going to go in there, cause absolute scenes. Mm-hmm. I'll be on the telly. I'll be on all the time. Don't care what your public opinion of me is. Mm-hmm. She went in there knowing what she was going to do. I'm going to get the screen time. And by God, did she fucking get it? I was obsessed with her, and she was so fucking Irish girl, like two of the core. Like she had the fake tan and the white face. Like I, the brown neck and the white face to me just reminds me of home. I'm like <laughs> yes, more you fucking bad bitch. She was iconic. I cannot. I could sit here and talk about how great it more was until the day I died. She's absolutely Fanny Futters. Fanny Futters. In the first episode, because the season was a little bit. Uh, yeah. 
seriously, she came in that season, like everybody's getting along and it's all lovely and it's like, oh great, lovely, whatever. And she came in and she flipped the script. I'm sorry, the only drama was fucking Lucy and Amy not talking for a couple of hours one day. Boy. Fuck me, what the hell is this? She was iconic. On the back of Love Island though, we've also unfortunately seen the dark side of reality TV. Yes. I was about to say, yeah. We obviously saw the unfortunate untimely death of Mike from Love Island who was supposedly struggling with this newfound fame at being thrust into stardom being thrust into the limelight having so much money that he didn't know what to do with it and then eventually spending it all and becoming bankrupt and going you know further into drug abuse and alcohol abuse and it's really sad that we see a lot of these reality tv stars having serious mental health issues Mm. And that's something that I said earlier is that there's a lot of people who are thrust into this fame that aren't ready to handle it. Like, don't get me wrong. I know that you have to go through like a psychiatric exam to make sure that you're well enough to go on these shows. But it's it's really terrifying. This like you're thrust into such a level of fame that every, everyone in the world knows who you are nearly. But I think the unfortunate thing for him is, is that he was thrust into the limelight straight away in a negative light because of the nickname that he was given. Yeah, it wasn't. Like- be- yeah, it wasn't because he was... Um, you know, funny or kind or caring. It was just like, oh, look, that's Muggy Mike off the television. So, yeah, he was famous and known throughout the country, but from a very negative way. And it's really hard to try and change that perception of yourself when yeah. you're not on the television program anymore. And that must be really heartbreaking and really a weight on your shoulders knowing you're famous, but for all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. Especially, as you said, Connor, the relationship between Love Island and social media. A lot of these people were plucked from Instagram. So these people have a massive following by the time they come out of the house and they're either loved or hated and they don't know. Yes, exactly. Because they're completely cut off from the outside world. So they come out, they're scrutinised, they're trolled online. Like, fuck me, I'll cry if someone tells me... Like, if one of you is telling me I don't look great, I'd fucking be upset, like... But to go back to the social media aspect of things, and I think that's something that's very important because back in the day, in the early 2000s, we didn't have social media. People couldn't voice their opinion as actively and as fervently and as loud and anonymously as they can now. And I think that's a really, really big thing. We won't get into the whole social media thing because I think that's another episode. But there is that concept of stan culture where people are loving their favourites, shower them with praise, which is great, but people that they don't like they will shower them with hate absolute vitriol absolute hate and it's horrible and unfortunately it can lead to really really horrible things like I can only imagine if I come out of a TV show thinking I had a lovely time Mm. and I get told by the producers by the way everybody absolutely despises you and you're going to be hated for the next year or two of your life and going back to that people seem to absolutely hound women uh, women's bodies especially Mm. when they're on programs like Love Island they get slayed it's really fucking upsetting and you see with the girls from Geordie Shore so they've I don't know whether you've seen them from when they started the show, I don't know how many years ago, 10 years ago, to how they look now. And every one of them has gone through significant plastic surgery. And that's because they were all hounded online because of how they look. And they're perfectly fine looking girls. It's really, really sad. There was an article in The Guardian, um, a survey was done, and um, people were saying that reality TV makes them worry about their body image, with 15% of viewers saying they self-harm as a result of body image and as a result of comparison to who they saw on TV. I think it's one of those, like, misogyny is rife in society still. Yeah. And as Connor said, like being able to write these comments, hiding behind a name, no picture of people feel they can say whatever they want about yeah. women, and it's disgusting. Yeah. No, it really is horrible. And there's another thing, like even now to make it more relevant, we have Caitlyn Jenner, who is a transgender woman on yeah. Love Island, and people think it's really funny to use them by their dead name, which is obviously the name that she doesn't go by anymore. Or people feel the need to like people on Twitter be like, oh my god, like I don't agree with Caitlyn Jenner, but she doesn't deserve this. And then the one comment someone replies, he. 
Like, you're not funny. If I read the comment one more time, wow, Kitten has some balls to do that. Uh, How do you think oh my God, you're that's, funny? That's not even like, like what? Bunch of fucking idiots. Egypt, Irish slang word for dope. In context, this would be dopey and Egypt. Oh, disgusting. It is disgusting and it's stupid and it's just really ridiculous. On the flip side of that, I do have to say that reality TV can sometimes be aspirational. It can be seen as a good thing, depending on the show that you watch. For example, I know I mentioned Drag Race UK already, but the Vivian who won uh, did talk about her struggle with addiction and the fact that she was a drag queen in the gay community and there is rife with alcohol, it's rife with drugs and she had a really tough time. She had to move away from her home, move away from her family to try and get herself clean and she's done that and gotten herself better. So... Sometimes when you see these things in reality TV, there are aspirational aspects to it, so it isn't all doom and gloom. And even having uh, something like Drag Race now in the mainstream is fantastic because it's obviously encouraging a lot of people to be comfortable in their own skin. And it's a lovely message to promote, but not even that. It's just good that these conversations are being had. Like the fact that you can see gay people or people in drag or trans people on TV you might not necessarily understand it, but the fact that conversations are being had, whether for the better or for the worse, conversations are being had, and that's progress in my eyes. But I'm just thinking like the concept of reality TV and seeing a celebrity. I mean, if a celebrity posts up 30 stories on their Instagram story a day, mm. are we watching many episodes of reality TV? Yeah. Like, Kim Kardashian posts so much on her story. Like, we're now seeing a new way of their life and how they live. Does that complement um, reality TV? I mean, yeah. like, will social media become more and more linked? And then things like people like YouTubers. Yes. You have some YouTubers who have, like, 10 million followers and literally it's just them going to the shop now to yeah. get a bag of popcorn yeah. are they reality TV stars? I think that's a really interesting thing to think about as Gen Y and yeah. the next generation especially 100% and that also links into the influence they have on Generation Y because these people are called influencers now yeah. so they started off as normal people they went on to reality TV they come out they have a massive social media following yeah they start plugging shit that they know all yeah. of these stands yeah. and all of these followers are going to buy. Yeah. Like, it's great. We can get into that on the podcast. Of course, yeah. I want to do that as another episode. I really, Yeah, really I just do. think it's a really interesting concept. And again, I, I, yeah. just, I think... The it all ties in. Right, so I felt we got a little bit deep. But before this podcast ends, we cannot end it. It cannot finish until we talk about the queen, the icon herself, Miss Essex herself, <laughs> Miss G motherfucking C... Gemma fucking Collins. It's Gemma Collins, <laughs> innit? In it's Gemma Collins. I'm a GC. I'm the GC. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just being me. So we're going to have a little competition. Ooh. I am, of course, the host and the judge with the mostest, John Hogan. Jesus Christ. Today I have two contestants who are going to have a GC off. Ooh. In which they will um, reenact iconic GC moments in their best GC impersonations. And I have the power to decide who wins. Amazing. So this is GC's moments, obviously, when she started me on TV, but I don't think she started anything else. <laughs> well, Gemma Collins has been in many, many things, and I don't think people know enough about what she's in. She started off in The Only Way is Essex. She was literally brought on for one episode as a side character. She sold, I'm, I'm a Towie super fan, she sold Mick a car and that's then started exactly it. Mick. That's exactly it, and <laughs> so that's how fun. she made her way into every single reality TV mm. program of the day. Anyway, enough of these talk, ladies. It's time for the competition to begin. Well, I don't know. Do you have like a, like a monologue? Or I have some a monologue, so I go I have, I have a few lines, so I feel like I'm just going to spit out a couple of memorable quotes, whereas if you want to do your little monologue first, Shakespeare, you may okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll go first, I like. Okay, okay. <clears throat> I'm 100% pregnant, I know it. I'm excited, but nervous as well. you got to get a test. Do you think you are? Listen, my belly. I know my belly when it's fat. I'm used to, but this... 
Something different. A rock hard lump and the pain. Oh my God, I'm having a baby. I'm having a baby. I know I am. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I definitely am. I, I can feel it. Look, Darren. If it's hard down there, babe, then it's a sign. Look, it's there. It's just there. Oh my God, I'm so excited, but I'm scared, babe. I don't know what to do. Gemma has found out she's not pregnant after all. Relief. I'm so busy with work and that. Relief. <laughs> also, sign up if we want to contestant number two. Special shout out to probably the original queen of reality TV, Miss New York. Thank you. I will just say that was Celebrity Big Brother 2017, the most iconic Celebrity Big Brother of all time. Contestant number two. You may begin. So like I said, I'm not doing a monologue like Nikki did over here. I'm just <laughs> going to spit out some very memorable quotes from Gemma Collins through her time with Big Brother. Was that from town? Mm-hmm. I've never heard this episode. Okay, shut up, Freddie. Now, I don't want to play any more games. I'm all game dad. I'm done playing fucking games. It's like having a job working 24-7, two days on the trot. I just can't do it. My hair is frazzled. It's frazzled. You better pay for a new pair of extensions hair. It's frazzled. Straighteners are what fucking weirdos use on the rare. Because you don't have any electricity for the heat and rollers. If you're that hard up, I'll pay for it, you know. I'm claustrophobic, Darren! You think these cats are going to pay my mortgage? I've got money! <clears throat> and my favourite one to finish off. Fuck off, Gillian McKeith! <laughs> Good. Wow, queen. That was excellent. Well done. So, John, who won the GC off? Oh, God. But I do think that Connor did have the mannerisms you might be able to see and the accent down more. So, I'm going to say it's a tie. Oh, oh, oh bullshit. bullshit. And they also talk to me. Yay. Yay. Right, okay. So, because we did a tie, I think we're going to do another little game just to see who actually won. What we're, and me and Nikki have been talking, John. Okay. Away from you. Of course. We have a conversation inside the podcast chat. Absolutely. And we've decided that we're going to do a very famous reality TV scene acting challenge. And you have to guess what the scene is. Okay. And who did it better. And you have to make a bloody decision this time. Yes. No, you just have to guess who did it better. You just have to guess which show it's from and what yeah. scene it is. No, I think better. But if you... I'm sorry, this is another um, trait that he's inherited from reality TV of intense competition. Oh, and what? Here we go. No, wait, basically, if I, if I guess it, that means you did it well and you get a point. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, so I'm going to go first this time, I think, because you went first last time. Okay, do it. Ladies oh. first. <coughs> date of birth, 15th of the 6th, 85, making me a Gemini. Uh, uh, what, what date of birth did I just say to you? Did I say 85? Should I mean 87? I mean 87. Did I say 85? Did I say... Oh, right, okay. Nadine isn't quite sure what her date of birth is. Nadine, what, what was your date of birth there? <laughs> Actually, I thought I said it to you last night. Did I say 87? I meant 83, because if I had said 85, sure, that would have meant that I'm 16. I'm not 16, I'm not 16. Nadine, could you get us your passport, please? Ah, yeah, yeah, no bother, yeah, I'll have a look for my passport now. Cue two minutes of Nadine looking for her passport through bags as the cameras follow her around the room. She can't find it. Mammy? Mammy, yeah, uh... I, I, I sh- do you have my passport up in Derry? Because I'm talking to them here and I think I gave them the date of birth. I, I told them I was born in 85. Sure, I'm born in 83 because I'm not 16. I'm not 16. Do you have my passport? Ah, yeah, my passport's up in Derry. Do you need it? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Iconic. Well, that was fucking sensational. That was really good. So that was 
Um, speaking of reality TV, that was obviously a reenactment of the single greatest reality TV moment in Irish history. Now, there was a bit of Irish history there. Big that time. Was obviously Nadine Coyle from Popstars 2001. She got on the band, but had to be obviously removed from the band because she was underage. But interesting fact, the next year she auditioned for a little show called Popstars The Rivals and became a member of a little band called Girls Aloud. And you might see her on this season of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. Yes. Reality TV show whore. And let her do it. She yeah. needs the money. Mommy. Ma. I think I, Mommy. I think I forgot my passport. I think it's the, it's the, way, she oh. looks, it's the way she looks in the camera. It's yeah. my uh, date of birth. And they definitely answer that question yeah, on purpose. Date of birth, uh, 15th of the 6th, 85, making me a gem. And I, uh, what, what date of birth did I give you? Oh, it's so funny. Right, so you've won because mine like, doesn't even come near that. Oh, but we'll she see. Genuinely doesn't, okay. Picks up letter addressed to herself. Who wrote this note? What is this note? Opens note. Sam. The first night at bed when you left, Ron made out with two girls and put his head between a cocktail waitress's breasts. Also was grinding with multiple fat women. When you left crying at clutch, Ron was holding hands and dancing with a female and took down her number. Multiple people in the house know, therefore you should know the truth. Who wrote this note? <laughs> Jersey Shore. Yeah, iconic. It's called Jersey Shore season two. The letter. Them two fighting. I remember once Ron was like, "You've got a toe like friend Flintstone." She's like, "Ron, that is no joke. That is no joke, Ron." Like crying. They're like, "That's my toe." That's my toe, Ron. Like they were too much. I couldn't. Do you I, I do believe, especially against Jersey Shore. I do believe that birth of the concept of reality TV as we know it as. Generation Y. Yes. Like 2008, 2009, like just get them pissed and let them at it. And they were real. They were given vouchers to star on the show. They were given a free house down to Jersey Shore. Like that's all they wanted. That was fucking real reality TV. My favorite thing is I, I was obsessed with the first two seasons and like in season one, like driving little fucking bangers to the Jersey Shore or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Jersey Shore, bitch. Basically, you the beginning of season two, like a fucking car bigger than my fucking yeah. sitting room, the driving around. The amount of money they made in one yeah. year is crazy. Um, also, another iconic moment, Snooky getting punched at the bar and Mike had knocking himself out from headbutting a wall do you remember that? No I wasn't I know how you fancied Mike is it awful? Ew, I know right, we have a situation I know. he's gross so both impersonations are iconic but I'm going to have to be a little biased because it is the single greatest moment of reality TV for me so congratulations to Connor and his impeccable Nadine impersonation. Congratulations. Now, hats off. Like, that was fucking amazing. Ah, thank you very much. (laughs) And now, as is the end of our game show, that's also the end of the podcast. This was a fun one. This was fun. I love this one. I had so much fun. I honestly could talk about reality TV for fucking ever. I was just about to say, like, we could easily do, like, a part one, two, three, part two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Oh, my God, don't even count. I mean, barely. He can count, but he still doesn't have the intro to the fucking episode. (laughs) Way to bring it back, folks. Next week, I will partially know it. Yeah. I'll get better. Uh, Lads... Get in touch and let us know your favourite TV moments, good, bad, ugly, favourite shows, anything we'd love to, love to, love to hear them. So, as well, last week's episode we did say to you guys, we've got a brand new mic, we're feeling very professional, we're feeling our oats, and we wanted to get some name suggestions. Can I just say that a lot of you guys are very fucking unimaginative. Yeah, I got loads of just mics. Like, that's, like, what? Like, what? But we have narrowed it down to three options. One of them has to be Mike because we got it like 50 million times. Yes. I don't get it. 
we'll, we'll let John sit there for a few minutes while he thinks on that. The second option was <laughs> Magic Mike. Which I thought was gas. And also our um, Mike is as sexy as any Magic Mike cast member. To be fair, I do want to dance up on top of our Mike. So calling Magic Mike is appropriate. too. And the final one then is Brian. And the reason it's Brian is because that's apparently all we talk into the mic. Which oh, I think, that's fucking gas. But I actually think that's low-key amazing. That amazing. <laughs> to be fair, that is very amazing. So those suggestions, thank you very much for those. We're going to put a poll up on Instagram in the next couple of days with those three suggestions and you guys can vote on which one you think should be the name for the new mic. So please do pay attention. But apart from that, we're going to sign off with the social medias. I know you aren't listening at this part, but fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. You can follow us on Instagram at generation underscore why though. Twitter at generation underscore why though. Oh, you can drop us an email and share all of your reality did you get that? I got that, well done. At genwhydo at If you're inspired by the nostalgia of our reality TV past moments, obviously you're inspired by the nostalgia of that shitty platform known as Facebook, so you can follow us at Generation Why Though. I'm surprised you actually got the name right. Well yeah, done. Me too. Thank you. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, tell your friends, all that good shit. Bye. Bye.